Loved ones, we are far enough into summer now that those that need summer jobs and looked for them and found them have not only been working at them, but they also have decided whether or not they like their summer jobs. Summer jobs are always uh, a struggle sometimes. And in rare cases, people find a summer job and they decide, well, this is what I like and this is what I want to do forever, and they make a career out of it, but, but usually not. Struggles that go with a summer job are probably ones you can, can list off because you've had a bunch of them. The pay isn't the best. It's usually part-time work, and so there's no benefits that go along with it, like with a career. The work isn't always the best either because you're limited in the number of choices that you have by only being able to work during the summer as to what's available for you to do. And then there's the people that you work with too. A lot of times you end up working with people that you wouldn't put up with for a long time, but you end up saying, I can do anything for three months. <laughs> then you look forward to going on to school. So the pay, the work, people, maybe. So why have one? Well, because you need the money. And especially if you go back to a summer job summer after summer, you can get pay increases and make quite a bit towards filling up your gas tank or, or paying for your tuition. The other thing about a summer job is it's not just about the money, but a, a summer job can motivate you to get a different job. I'm only doing this for the summer, but boy, I, I, I know I can't do this forever, so it really focuses you on what you want to do for your career or what you want to do for a long time and gives you plenty of reason to work hard at that because I don't want to do this long term. And then there are just the lessons that you learn. Lessons that, that, that you learn about serving different types of people, not just those that think like you. There are lessons about learning to, to figure out what your long-term goal is and work towards it, no matter what it takes. Lessons about satisfaction of a job well done. So, if the pay, the work, and the people are good, you benefit. If the pay, the work, and the people aren't that great, you still benefit. Summer job is a win-win situation. In our first two readings for today, and, and really in our, the lesson before us today from God's Word, we find people who find themselves in anything but what they felt was a win-win situation. Two widows with young sons on whom they planned on depending for their support and suddenly that son was taken from them by death. We're not told uh, the, the son's names. We're not even told why they died. But we are, but that's not the point of those stories. The point is what happened to the people that they left behind. Their mothers, their friends, their neighbors, the pastors that came through. And it's all about how they dealt with the loss. They turned to the Lord for help, and he gave it to them. 
And that's the point of our second lesson for today. And that even in Christ, even the worst loss is a win-win situation. The words before us today are from one of the prison letters of the Bible. Four books of the Bible that were written by Jesus' hand-picked and hand-trained follower, the Apostle Paul, writing from jail, having experienced a lot of loss himself. There were people in his life that he loved that he wanted to see again and, and desperately told them that he wanted to, but had no guarantee that he was ever going to see them again. And not only that, but he had lost his, his freedom. He had, had to stay in the, the, the city of Rome where he was in prison under house arrest, and though he could go from place to place within the city, he was very limited as to where he could go, and he certainly couldn't go outside of those borders like he liked, and he lost his job. His job that he loved was a, a, as a traveling missionary going all over the Mediterranean world talking about Jesus, and he had to stay there. And yet, he doesn't sound like somebody who had lost a bunch of things and was possibly even going to lose his life, not knowing whether he was going to live or going to die. You wouldn't expect to hear words of joy, and that's what you hear. You would expect to hear words of worry and of fear, words of desperation, get me out of here, whatever it takes. And yet, we hear words of peace with whatever happened next. We hear words of joy. We hear words of encouragement for others, not focus on himself. Here's what he said, my eager expectation and hope is that I will not be ashamed about anything, but now as always, with all boldness, Christ will be honored highly in my body, whether by life or by death. Is that what you would say if you were in Paul's situation? Do you react in faith or in sin when you lose things that you love? My friends, grief is not just something that, that hits you when you go to a visitation of somebody that you know in their funeral. Grief is something you go through anytime you lose something that you love. You go through grief in a divorce. You go through grief when you lose a job. You go through grief when you move from one place to another. You go through grief when you lose abilities. That's one of the hardest things, I think, in life to deal with is, is the loss that goes with losing the ability to do things that you once loved. It's hard to deal with it when your health deteriorates and you lose time because things take much longer than they used to. It's hard to deal with it when your health deteriorates and you find yourself losing out on independence because now you need help to do things that you used to be able to do by yourself. It's hard to deal with it when you lose choices about eating and sleeping and driving and working and playing and just enjoying life. How do you react when you lose things that you love, upon which you used to depend? 
you rejoice in the time that God gave you when you had those abilities and, the, and look back and accept that now things are different? Or do you think that it ought to go on forever? And if it doesn't, you take out your frustration on others. You, you blame other people for your problems. You complain all the time and you forget to pray. If there is a warning here from God's word, it's this. Do not make worse life. Do, excuse me, do not make loss worse by a sinful attitude toward it. The year was 252. And there was an outbreak they simply called the disease in northern Africa. It affected the digestive system in young and old alike, both on both ends of it. People were, were losing the use of their limbs, the use of their eyes, the use, the use of their ears. You had open sores inside your mouth so that you could hardly eat and barely talk. And not only were, were Christians upset that, that everybody, including them, were being affected by this, but they were upset by something else. They were losing the chance to die as martyrs. Their lives were threatened and, and they made it their goal to be so strong in the faith that when their lives were threatened and, and they were going to be executed for their faith that they, they wanted to be able to make a bold stand and, and say some last words that were going to tell everyone around them about Jesus and their faith in him and now they were dying out with a whimper hardly able to talk. There was a man named Cyprian of Carthage. He was kind of the head pastor of the, the churches in the region. And he wrote a long letter to the Christians and he said a couple of things. He said, Morality is a plague only to the enemies of Christ, but it is a joyous departure to salvation for God's servants. In other words, remember that the loss of your life, whether it's gradual or sudden, is a good thing for those who are God's children. And you are God's child by baptism. You are God's child with a father who is taking care of you and promises to do so throughout your life. When you were baptized in Christ, that means God died to take away your sins and connected you to Jesus. Connected you to Jesus who took your sins to the grave with him and left them there. When you were baptized, that means that when Christ rose from the dead, you were with him, connected to him. By faith, And so as he conquered death, so, has, so have you. Your death in this world is just your first entrance, your first day in heaven. You live on after you die and you will continue to do so. And you will rise just like Jesus did, getting your body back together with your soul on the last day forever. Away from all of this grief and pain and everything that leads to death and comes because of it. That's a win-win. As Paul said it, to die is gain. But that's not all. Cyprian went on, he said, this horrible and deadly pestilence searches out the righteousness of each Christian and examines the minds to see whether those who are in health will tend to the sick. Until the day Jesus comes for you, you are still in a win-win situation. You know, it's a very, very natural question to ask. If heaven is so great, then why, why doesn't God just take me there now? 
Why doesn't he, he, he take me out of this world and instead let me deal with all the grief and loss that I have to here? What is my, my purpose in life here? And the key to answering that question, what is my purpose in life, is this. It's to realize your purpose in life is not your purpose at all. Paul said it this way. He said, but to remain in the flesh is better for you. Being in prison was bad for Paul, but it was great for the people whom he loved and whom he served. They got to see firsthand how a Christian handles times of trouble. And they paid attention to Paul's words, knowing that these might be the last they ever heard from him. And he took the opportunity to tell them about Jesus and build them up in their faith. Whatever your purpose in life is, it usually has something to do with somebody else. That's God's promise. Your purpose in life is not about you. It's about Christ and the work that he has given you of loving the people around you. Look around you. Look around you, not for the people in life just who get attention or the people who are successful and that you want to copy, but look for the people in the corner who don't get attention. Look for the people who are quiet, maybe because they're ashamed or because they're afraid or that's just the way God wired them. Pay attention to them. Speak with them. Reach out to help them. To live as Christ. Does that mean that everybody is a theologian? No. But it does mean you don't hide your faith. It means that everyone around you should at least know that you're a Christian and that you're not a hypocrite about it. That the work that you, you do, you do because it's the right thing to do, even when it's hard. That you confess your sins even when it's embarrassing that you forgive others even when they hurt you to live as Christ. Our life here really is a summer job. It's not something we plan on, on having forever. And even though there are things we don't like about it, it's what helps us get on to the next. It's in this life that we come to faith in Jesus so that we can live on in heaven. So make the most of it. Realize that, that some peop, sometimes the people you are here with and the work you have and the rewards you have are going to be great. Sometimes they're not. But realize that the work you have of serving Jesus is always great because the pressure is off of you with the work you have to do in this life of having to somehow earn heaven. That's been earned for you. Now, your service to Jesus, whether it's helping those in need or praising him in worship is a joy. And realize that no matter how hard we struggle through every time of loss, that Jesus is going to be with us. There's no need to complain because we're always in a win-win situation. God is always going to be using you to show other people what he is all about. As you love and care for each other in their grief. And God will show others what he is all about through you as they see how he helps you through your grief and loss. And God will show you what he is all about at the end of this life as he takes you out of this world of loss and grief and takes you into heaven where you will praise him for his glorious forgiveness 
and peace and joy in your eternal calling of praising Him forever. Living is Christ. Dying is gain. Win-win. Amen.